The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of The Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. to the 93rd episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz and I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me as always is my partner in crime, my buddy, my man, Floyd Johnson Jr. Floyd, how you doing, my man? I am doing well. It's been, uh, I'm having my first couple days off since in like 20 days i worked 20 straight days and now i got my first couple days off so that's good and then i grilled today because i got a grill from christmas as you probably already know i think i've mentioned it on here a couple times and yeah i grilled for my third time today and it was exactly how i wanted to got the heat right fire started it was good stuff and then um yeah really excited and tomorrow even though this is AEW podcast, fan cast, whatever. We got the Royal Rumble, and this is my favorite event outside of WrestleMania uh, on the WWE calendar. Absolutely. I mean, you got a lot of things to look forward to that. I mean, we got that Goldberg and Drew match, which should be interesting. You've got a lot of options, I feel like, with the Men's Royal Rumble. Um, I know the Women's Royal Rumble, in my personal opinion, I really want to see him give it to Bianca Belair. I think if they took the struck while the iron was hot with her, I think that would be amazing. Um, it's going to be super weird considering how, I mean, the rumble is the year is the, is the show with the hottest crowd and with the, like the craziest chance, the craziest pops, and it's going to be mostly piped in noise and such. Uh, so it's going to feel really weird, but I mean, it's the rumble. So despite that, it's still going to be a lot of fun. And I can honestly, I can say I was at the first last live rumble with fans. Also, that was a crazy fucking rumble, dude. That was such a good one. That was that was exciting rumble. It's funny. I was at the last rumble with fans, and I was at the last WrestleMania with fans. And the last AEW. Well, no, actually, you weren't at Revolution, were you? I was at Revolution. Oh, we, you were. We, yes. yes. Apologies. I, can't, I keep forgetting. We got a picture there. of us. Yeah. I, 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 well, I let me make it this easy for you. Every pay-per-view that they've had fans, I've been at. I haven't missed one. All right. Well, there it goes. Sorry, I thought you missed a couple. My the uh, the only one I that's missed. My, that's bad on me. The only show I missed was Double or Nothing because, of course, I was not allowed to go. Yes, but. All right. Well, so you got to see the last AEW pay-per-view with fans, the last uh, WrestleMania with fans, and the last uh, WWE pay-per-view with fans. So, goddamn. I'm a bit, a bit of a role as far as I'm going. I have to do left stuff now because uh, I got to be a responsible adult. But I'm still going to do as much as I can. I'm hoping to be at Revolution this year. So I can say I've been to every Revolution. That would be dope. <laughs> but we got a lot to talk about specifically with AEW this week. We got a lot of stuff with Dynamite. And we're getting up towards Dynamite Beach Break, which is coming up very soon, which is really exciting. Before we get into the nitty-gritty of the show, though, I want to make sure that if you enjoy the show, be sure to download the show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, you can also share the podcast around with your friends. Google or Apple Podcasts, you can do that as well. You can leave a rating and a review. Let us know what we're doing good. Let us know what we can improve on. If you're so inclined to, you can also 
leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. We'd be forever grateful if you did that. On social media, we are at AT Elite Pod. You can support us there. That's our main Twitter account. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Uh, I am at SZoomer4 on Twitter. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week is a very uh, Cody-focused uh, one. And I know it's something we've talked about before. And Floyd has definitely talked about before, being Cody, being his guy. Uh, on uh, NBA TV, on, uh, like inside, inside the, the NBA, NBA. with, uh, with uh, on TNT, for the AEW uh, end of the year awards, Shaq announced that he wants to fight Cody. Yes, yeah. he so. said, "Let's do this in March." What that means is March. revolution. It's gonna be, yeah, we're gonna talk about this more as we get through because you know I have an idea what the match is going to be. I think they pretty much set the st- uh, set it up on Dynamite what the match is gonna be, but Shaq. I'm like on national TV on one of the highest rated late night shows inside the NBA does weird, crazy numbers. Ernie talks about all elite wrestling. Shaq talks about him and Colin Cody like a bleach bond bum and says, let's do it in March. So like on national TV, one of the highest rated shows on cable. You know, Shaq and Cody, it, this was all about uh, what this really wasn't about Cody. It was about the fact that AEW, Ernie had to t- talk about AEW on live TV. Come on. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be fair, uh, Inside the NBA has had Jericho on and they did a bunch of stuff for with AEW. But I mean, in terms of like, there was no AEW guys there. So it wasn't like anything like, oh, we have this guy from AEW that's showing up. They just straight up said, uh, Shaq wants to fight one of the AEW wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah, so. and he's been wanting to wrestle for years. They tease yeah. they tease Shaq versus uh Big Show at Orlando the year before at the previous WrestleMania before. And then it didn't happen because apparently Shaq doesn't show up to work out enough. Well, the what most people don't know is because of the inside the NBA, Shaq lives in Atlanta. You know what's also in Atlanta? The Nightmare, Nightmare Factory. Nightmare Factory. So, yeah, Shaq doesn't even have to go out of his way. They don't have to meet in the flight. He's like, oh, I'm already here. And, you know, TNT is probably like nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You know, hey, you know, you're helping the brand because AEW being important to uh, being important to TNT. So they like they probably said, hey, Shaq, nudge, nudge. I mean, you want to do it anyway. We're not asking you to do something you don't want to do. You know, go. Uh, I will say, like, despite the fact that, like, may, maybe necessarily, like we've talked before, it's not necessarily what um, Floyd or I would want the most out of a current Cody uh, storyline. Uh, TNT is a hundred percent shown how much they're getting behind AEW, and that is one hundred percent a good thing. And so, I want to let everyone know, I am trying. Like, they dynamite to me this week was back. It felt like dynamite to me. I was like, man, it was a good show. So it actually put me in a better mood. <laughs> so I'm like, dude, I'm focusing on the positive that this is publicity for AEW and publicity for my boy Cody. So more people are going to know who Cody Rhodes is other than just being the son of Dusty Rhodes, even though I, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just saying, you know, he's Cody. He's his own man. And now you got Shaq. Who's going to draw more eyeballs to AEW? And then Che Cargill, she has a big online following. I think this all rings if the, they can go through and whenever they do it, and they could have like a basic match, nothing exciting or whatever. I think it'll ring nothing but positives for AEW. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll definitely see what happens with it. And again, we're going to talk more about this feud uh-uh. getting into Dynamite itself. But before we do that. Um, Floyd, you want to go down and let us know about uh, what happened on BTE this week and if any AEW-related stuff happened with uh, Impact Wrestling this week? So, the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks are in front of a green screen. They're just trying to make it around. The uh, Good Brothers are really playing up that they're like brothers and stuff. So when they turn, it's going to be a lot bigger of a deal. Uh, they they asked if Penta deserved to get beat, uh, beat up. Uh, Young Bucks asked if Penta deserved to be beat up by the Good Brothers, and they like man this is old school biz quiz we just handled our business right so they beat them up uh 
the Young Bucks are 24 minutes late for an elite meeting at a building because they got lost in the view, but we never actually got to see what the meeting is. Back from the meeting, Brandon Cutler, this is this was hilarious. Brandon oh Cutler God. hit so he hit someone's van with his car. The person that he hit happened to be Christopher Daniels, the head of talent relations. So he literally hit what in essence would be his boss's car. So, uh, and oh, he came out and he, when he, right when he was about to come out to like, they were filming it and he was like, you coming out to leave a note. He's like, I was just about to do it. And he was just like, it was, is it your car? He's like, no, it's a rental. It's not my car. But I mean, I mean, like I drive it, Yes, <laughs> but like, and they say, hey, maybe, uh, maybe you could just wipe it off. And it looked like he did. He did. It looked yeah, like. I was going to say, it seemed like he, they, they, they were able to at least just rub it out. But like, uh, oh, my God. Like, Gallows and Anderson were dying yes, of laughter. Yes. And they just were laughing. And, and uh, then uh, the Young Bucks in a, a group. It was a like Young Bucks heavy show. The Young Bucks asked Power of Party if they turned heel. Uh, Hart, uh, Matt Hardy got up and said, uh, jumped in the middle, interrupted and said, Private Party actually listened to him. So they are better than the Young Bucks. They are going to win the tag team battle royal, then beat the Young Bucks at Revolution and be on the path of being the second greatest tag team in history after him and his brother. Chris Statt abducts JB and uh, Jungle Boy and then it went away. Uh, speaking of Jungle Boy, just wanted to throw this out here. Somebody did a post and they asked if you had to buy stock in any wrestler in the rest of their career, who would it be? My pick was Jungle Boy. I just thought it was a very, very easy pick. He just seems like a can't miss prospect at this point. So mm-hmm. let, let me ask you before I continue this: Do you what wrestler would you buy stock in, sir? Um, any of them worked at GameStop recently? <laughs> <laughs> uh topical any uh but if i was to actually say uh which one i would buy into um jungle boy is a good one but to kind of mix it up a little bit i would say phoenix okay phoenix is a good one my other my backup pick would have been mjf just because honestly yeah if, I, if we're going ba- heel i would t- i would go down a mjf path i mean like the dude's just yeah non-stop in your face with his uh with his heel persona, and it's just it, he has no chill, and he's go he's got he's got a hundred percent um just like a willpower of just sticking around, yep. uh, that he he will be around for a while. I can bet. Someone making Kool Aid. It's Alex, and he's been asked to recruit more people by five, and uh, we're in TDOs. Well, uh, oh, so after that, uh, you see Santana Ortiz and Dasha all going around and everybody's drinking Kool-Aid. So they're all recruits to the Dark Order, whether they now know it or not. So then we're in the Dark Order's lair. Whatever, they were pissed about a shitty table. They think Paige can say no because they forgot about the Monty house and the mermaid, so everybody's blaming each other. Stu stands up and takes the blame. He says, it's because I didn't bring the chocolate horse. And, uh, you know, everybody's just sad. And Anna's like, I said I wasn't going to bring nothing, and I didn't bring nothing. So, promise delivered. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, they decided the only thing that can bring them all together is a slumber party. And then Colt Cabana and his creepy uncle Way said, have all your moms call. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for permission, and <laughs> said, "Have all your moms call me," and I was cracking up because it was like subtle, but you like, yeah, he's the creepy uncle. <laughs> he wants to talk to all your moms, and so Stat and JB are doing the Mentos thing, but she has cans of Coke instead of a bottle of Coke. So I mean, a little bubbles come out, but they didn't explode. And uh, she was like, uh, "This uh, this experiment didn't work out well," and he's like. What? I didn't know what we were going to do, and you just kind of pulled me in the room, and then she kicked him out. She got frustrated and kicked him out. They uh, they did a number one contender shot for the BTE title, and another job was to hang from a pull-up pole. And if you any of you know how hard this is, yes, oh, hang, God. hanging from a pull-up pole without your feet touching the ground. Uh, Sammy Guevara went first, did like two fifteen, two minutes and fifteen seconds. I don't even think anybody else got to two minutes. Like Luchasaurus made it to like 
50 seconds, which doesn't shock me because he is a huge human being. So that's Ooh, a lot of body weight. On yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, uh, Fuego kind of disappointed me. Oklahoma's own Fuego, though. So, um, he disappointed me because he made it like dude's like 97 pounds. I thought he could make it. Uh, but Sammy Guevara went first, dominated. So, next year, uh, next week, in a contest they did not say will be the man, the myth, the legend, Sammy G. Versus John Silva, and for the now, uh, the best title in professional wrestling. <laughs> if there's anybody that could take the BTE title off of the seemingly unbeatable John Silver, my money would be on Sammy Guevara. Yes, yeah, Sammy Guevara is reminds me. Oh, I, I feel like he would be one of those dudes that I would be annoyed to be around because he'd be good at everything. He'd be like, as somebody who has talked to him before, it's like. He's genuinely like, like so charismatic, so chill to talk to. It's like if you're friends with him, like you're like you. you obviously, you look cooler because you stand next to him. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you got to give me something that I can do. Yes. So yeah, he's like super athletic, attractive, can talk on the mic. It's like okay, and then like the, that whole the whole hanging from the pull up thing. He dominated everybody. So it's like. Kind of hate you, so hopefully John Silver picks something. John Silver's a hey, he's an athletic dude too, so maybe. But he doesn't pick something that requires too much athleticism. That's the great thing about being champion; you got to compete on John Silver's turf. So let's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see what it is, and can the most legitimate champion in professional wrestling hold on to his title? It's going to be a big show next week. Damn straight. And now nothing, going towards impact. Nothing really anything happened. else? <laughs> I watched nothing. it for two hours. Felt It was like they had this one interview where a private party, whatever their little mini pay-per-view thing is, I forgot what it's called. They're going to wrestle the Good Brothers at that. And they said they got to win the titles. Matt Hardy said they got to win the titles. But literally, that was it. That was all the AEW. I watched that show for two hours, which I am not – is a big a fan of everything that has doesn't have anything to do with AEW. I did that for y'all. Everybody's listening. I did it for you. <laughs> I, I, I watched it so you don't have to. No, well, yeah. no disrespect to Impact. But, yeah, no, complete but yeah, disrespect no. to Impact. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm Tony. I'm Tony Conan in it. In uh, yeah, that was cool. He did another one of those. Yeah, those are great. Um, yeah, where he just buries impact, so it, it's amazing. I, I love it. Yes, so Floyd, Floyd is the Tony Khan burying <laughs> impact, and I'm Tony Schiavone just standing by as Tony Khan runs his mouth. Yes, uh, Jordan Grace is on the show, and honestly, it did make the two hours worth it. She, Jordan Grace is really good. Yeah, she's she is really good at wrestling. She is a great professional wrestler. I want to say that first. But that's not why I enjoy. She's super hot to me. She's like, (laughs) you know, sometimes that's how it works, dude. And and I just like to stare at her, and you know, just like nothing, nothing nothing creepy. I got so much shit. uh, Sorry to cut you off. I got so much shit from so many people because I had the goal to say I didn't think Kelly Kelly was that bad, and honestly, probably a little bit of it was because I thought she was hot. And like, like I know Kenny, uh, Kenny McIntosh of Inside the Ropes, love Kenny, uh, hates, hates Kelly Kelly. And Jack the Jobber gave me so much hell for that as well. Cultaholic fame. Um, But it's like, God damn it. If I didn't like stick to that, I was like, she wasn't that bad. She was just like part of the worst era of women's wrestling. And she had just happened to be the top of the, of the food chain for that, for that era. And Uh -uh. she just. She like, was it looked bad for that. She was a white meat baby face. She was perfect for the role that they had her play. She I don't sure. think she did anything terrible in in those 5 to 6 minute matches. She did ha- she did have some bad matches definitely, um but like I mean like the, the people she were re- she was wrestling yeah. were 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 somehow worse than her. So of course it looked bad. But like <laughs> no, it's, I totally get what you mean though. She could hold I, her I, I mind she could hold her own against Beth Phoenix and all those people, but she wasn't going to carry a match. And a couple of times they no. unfortunately asked her to carry a match, and that wasn't her strength. It's just, I don't know. Like, it was, I forgive a lot in that time because how do you get better when you're not working? 
You know, mm-hmm. how do you get better? You 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 may work a match. You work a five minute match every few weeks. You know how do you, how do you get better? <laughs> it's like I don't I don't know. Even even AEW seeing that now with the pandemic and their sure. wrestlers can't wrestle anywhere. They're like, you can't get better if you're not working. Ric Flair says. Ric Flair, which of course he was a workaholic. I wanna, I wanna start off with that. Uh, but he said the worst thing for a wrestler is days off. He's like, mm-hmm. he, that's what he said. He's like, he take three, four months off, and you know, take him a while to get back into it. So I don't know. Wrestling, wrestling is one of those things. Like I, I remember I lived through that WWE period. I went to the bathroom doing the matches and all that good stuff. But I, like I said, when you find out about a lot of the stuff that happened backstage, you give them a lot more leeway. Sure, yeah. yeah. But anyways, with all that out of the way, we can get to AEW Dynamite for this week. The, the I guess the go-home show for uh, Beach Break. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, honestly, with this show, which, like Floyd said, he felt like Dynamite just got back on a hot streak all of a sudden, which I can 100% agree to that. Um, they started off with just a fucking belter of a physical match between Mad King Eddie Kingston and the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer, who Lance, first of all, asked Jake the Snake to stay backstage uh, for the match because he wanted to take on uh, Eddie Kingston by himself. These guys beat the hell out of each other. It was crazy physical, and the match ended up really finishing when uh, all of a sudden... uh, the uh, I, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I do know that um, Butcher and Blade showed up and they had uh, well, first of all, yeah, Butcher and Blade had Jake the Snake Roberts and they beat him up backstage and they were like distracting uh, uh, Lance Archer, and then all of a sudden, Bunny hops out of nowhere and then gra- hands like a padded, uh, like padded uh, uh, foreign object to Eddie Kingston, who then just nails a spinning backlist, it was a knuckle duster. And that ended up being the the victory for Eddie Kingston. And uh, they then uh, continued to beat up on uh, uh, Butcher. The Butcher and Blade continued to beat up on uh, Lance Archer. And uh, they just continued to just put damage to it. But it was a really strong opener. Um, I love how physical they let people like Lance Archer and Eddie get. Just because like these are the kind of matches that these guys do so well of. And it's again, it's not crazy high spots or anything it's just two dudes like big men slapping meat and they just do it so well yes um if you are a fan or familiar with new japan and listen to this this was a never open weight match uh (laughs) yeah this was super physical lance kind of dominated the match and eddie played the perfect aggressive chicken shit heel it's so funny because he plays a character i've never seen he will fight anybody at any time but he's a chicken shit heel somehow it's like he's so close to being a face like so close he's like very close to being a face because he reacts to everything like you want your favorite wrestlers to react but you know but then they get in the match and he cheats. So it's kind of, it's, it's interesting. It's a very, uh, I like the fact that it's a layered character. Yeah, totally. Like if somebody's behind Katie Kingston, I completely understand because you get so many like people, I don't want to wrestle that person like Britt Baker, which is traditional heel stuff. I'm not saying anything specifically about Britt, but that's, she didn't want to wrestle. Uh, she didn't want to wrestle Thunder Rosa. That is traditional heel. Eddie Kingston's like, oh, you want to fight? Yeah, let's fight. You know? But at the same time, though, with Eddie, with Eddie though, he comes from the streets, and he uh, <laughs> gets hardcore, even if the match doesn't ask for it. So he will go for any backhanded chance that he can get to get one on you. Oh, dude, uh, and, yeah. And, I was screaming so, with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that works really well for his character, too, though. Yeah, it's very it's very layered character, and that's what I like about it. Uh, but, yeah, this match was great. I hit him with the, uh, I hit him basically with the knucks with a knuckle duster. I don't know what that is. I'd never heard that term before, before Wednesday. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I know what brass knucks are and that was always the u- thing that they used in wrestling, but a knuckle duster, 
and he hit him with the backhand and got the three. And I just thought this was cool. Also, I thought it was much needed. Kingston had a, has had a lot of singles match losses. He needed a win just to show that he could win. Even if he just, totally. even if he loses the next match he's in, he needed this win. Otherwise, he was just going to become that elevated jobber kind of thing. Yeah, but going into the next segment, we had a really strong promo from who else? John Moxley talking about the drama with the elite, the Young Bucks. He, yeah, yeah. He said he was literally like an episode of Young and Restless. And Lucha Bros, Pack, Death Triangle, uh, Good Brothers, Young Bucks, and Eddie Kingston. Um, and now, all of a sudden, uh, Death Triangle, they're tag teaming with, uh, with uh, John Moxley at Beach Break. He said, I'm a simple guy, like my beer cold, my coffee hot, my water at room temperature, sex in the morning because it's a great way to start your day. Great line right there. And uh, in the business where the only person you can trust is number one uh he does not overcomplicate things so he's going to team with pack and ray phoenix and they're going to face off against uh the the family of eddie kingston and he said uh it's going to be wild on dynamite when they team up at beach break uh because he's like i don't even know what's going to happen um john moxley just gives great promos every time he goes out i didn't like it's just it's just consistent with him and he's always strong with it and Considering that he's being in a really crazy uh, six-man tag, um, he still gave this promo what uh, John Moxley would give to any promo of uh, a singles match of his uh, importance. He's really just doing his best to just get the match over, sell it, and he's doing it like he just does it well every time. Man, uh, the whole sex in the morning line, he does that in every promo. He has this one line that people just gravitate to, and it makes you pay attention to the rest of the promo. I think that's an ingenious way of doing the promo. But even yeah. he, even how he said it, I like sex in the morning because it's a great way to start your day. He put an emphasis on start, and you know, because you know, a lot of people think it's a great way to end. And it was like all the internet, all the internet could talk about for a good 10, 15 minutes. I just think he's a genius. And then Renee, uh, Renee puts out a tweet of the sun smiling and like with Nicolas Cage's <laughs> face. And she's like, good morning. And it was hilarious. And I just love how, you know, like how they go together, how this whole thing works. It's just. Oh, yeah. It's adorable. Yeah. I was going to say that I would say they have the best relationship, but I literally have no idea about their relationship other than what's on TV. So they seem to have a really good relationship and they have fun. They have a fun relationship, which is what I try to bring to my relationships. And like with my wife, it's just, I always think it's like, I always say, I'm like, it's great to love your partner, but it's more important to like them. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, like that's why everyone's (laughs) like, I got married to my best friend. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, cause you know, there's times where it's like, you're just around and you just need to be still. And it's just like, if you can't be still with your partner, you shouldn't be with them. This a little advice from the old man, Floyd. That's that's for you. That's that's for you. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Oh, trust me. I need it. But also uh, a little advice also from your, uh, your, your friendly neighborhood, Austin, uh, to get a little less friendly since we're talking about, uh, wrestlers and their relationships. Uh, Lex- Alexa Bruce had to come out and, t- and go after another stalker. So, uh, can, can, can we stop with stalking the female wrestlers? We already had to deal with, uh, Sonya Deville. Can I, we not deal with this with Alexa? Can we just stop it? I just, people, I, I, you know what? I feel bad for these people. Cause generally I do too. When... It's awful. It's I'm, I'm talking about for the people doing the stalking, because oh, okay. obviously, I mean, there is a high correlation between mental illness and stalking. It's just everyone that does it seem to have some kind of mental illness, and you know, and I feel, of course, I feel bad for Alexa, but with these people, it's just like, you know, it's a disease. You know, it's it's hard. You know, it's hard to deal with, and they fixated on one person, and I I feel bad for them, but I also want the wrestlers like super protected, but I want them to get the help they need. That's that's the softer side of Floyd, other than throwing them under the jail. I want them to get the help they need. I'm hoping people take things like this seriously 
<laughs> and, you know, go get help, help that person. Because it doesn't always have to be legal things, you know. If sure. somebody, if you think someone can harm themselves or doing stuff against them, yet you can uh, get them to the assistance that they need. And I hope that happens before this escalates any further. Yeah, seriously. Just get some help. It's then, yeah. I yeah. mean, like treated with the severity that it needs to be treated with. Anyways, anyways, yes. I just brought that up because I saw that online and it really made me upset. I, I um, imagine. I mean, it makes me upset every time because you should be able to do your dream and do your life and, you know, you know, get to go home during the day. You know, I, I work on computers for a living. And, you know, when, back when we went to work, I went to work and I got to go home. And then when I got to go home, you know what I mean? They weren't calling me at home. It's like, oh, my God, you know, keep working, you know. It's like, no, I was off. And, you know, Alexa and other famous women of the time and men all deserve their off time, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But so, like I said, um, we have Beach Break coming up tomorrow. They announced that they're going to have Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers team up to face John Moxley, Pack, and Ray Phoenix, which is what that promo was about. We can then get into uh, the promo with TNT champion St uh, Darby Allen with Sting. Because they did confirm the first match that Sting will be wrestling with in AEW. He's teaming with the TNT champion Darby Allen to face Ricky Starks and the FTW champion Brian Cage of Team Taz. Uh, and that's set for Revolution. And they are going to be that's going to be Sting's first match. Really, really great promo that they did with um with uh Sting and uh, Darby Allen. Just owning the fact that, yeah, we're hooligans. And they just took each of their uh, specific foreign objects. Darby with his, his skateboard, staying with his baseball bat, starts smashing windows and just talking about how in, in this street fight or in this uh, in this uh, match that we're having, it's uh, you don't play clean or dirty. Uh, it, it doesn't matter if you play clean or dirty, sorry. It's just specifically about survival. So... It is crazy, uh, crazy exciting just to have the fact that we now know what uh, we now know what we're gonna get with Sting in AEW in his first match with the company. So it's just nice to know that that's what we're gonna get. And yeah, uh, Floyd, any thoughts uh, that you want to share about uh, either this promo or the match announcement in general? Promo, I I mean, I'm not gonna say. I thought it was the best. I, I just it's hard to have a great promo when the two people are best known for not talking. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just like sure, Darby. Yeah. It's like Darby he has a different character and I'm hoping that, you know, and it seems like people are, you know, uh identifying and attaching with it. Sting, I'm really excited to see what they do with uh him at the street fight. The fact that they're called themselves hoodlums was a little comical to me, especially when talking to Taz, the hoodlum. <laughs> you know, it's like mm -hmm. it's like they're the hoodlums hoodlum. But it was it was hilarious. I love that this is moving forward. I, I that's my favorite thing about it is that it's moving forward. It does suck that the TNT title will not be defended at Revolution, but a good old street fight, AW does these matches well. So I mean, literally, a lot of people, other than the Young Bucks versus Hangman, a lot of people think the best tag team match last year was the street fight between, uh, 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 I only call, almost called them LAX, Proud and Powerful <laughs> and Best Friends. So let's see. Let's move forward. Let's see what's going on. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Now, yeah, I'm excited as well. We then got. Um the Demo God, Chris Jericho, teaming with MJF as Jericho continues to be a tag team slut with his own team members, teaming to face the Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison, and Brian Pillman Jr. They had a remixed version of their themes together, combining MJF's theme with uh, Judas, which was interesting. I found it fine, kind of funny that they do this with MJF and Jericho, but they didn't do it with anybody else that he teamed with. Uh, but either way, the match itself was really, uh, I mean, it was, uh, it was great heel work from MJF. Uh, uh, Jericho very specifically hit the Judas effect and then hit his, uh, his springboard lion salt. 
just to stick it to the fans dogging on him for slightly botching it uh, last week. And then he just smiles at the camera as it happens. Um, but yeah, honestly, um, I a hundred percent, uh, didn't have a ton to say about this match. I thought the, uh, Great. team, I still think, uh, I thought the varsity blondes and Griff Garrison are uh, with Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman jr. Are actually a lot of fun to watch, but I mean, Jericho and MJF are great. I don't have it had nothing like huge to go run off, run home with, but uh, yeah, it was still pretty strong. I felt they like. they are a great heel tag team. I mean, I don't. I mean, I try not to use that word loosely because you know, great is a different level. But I do think they are a great heel tag team. It's just they uh come uh, they have the energy uh character work i mean it's course is mjf so it goes without saying chris jericho cannot work as hard you know because you don't work as hard in tag team matches that is said by wrestlers not by the fat person talking on uh the podcast right here talking about how hard people work but uh yeah it extends jericho's time and ring and it sets up for the eventual turn mm-hmm yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really fun just to see the downfall of the inner circle, all thanks to MJF and going off against uh, what Sammy Guevara has issues with uh, MJF. We then had Pac cut a quick promo, talk, talking about next week when he and uh, he and uh, and uh, was it Penta or was it uh, Phoenix that they're uh, Phoenix. That's right, Phoenix because Penta's out. Yes. Um, so yeah, he said, "You hurt us, we hurt you back." You're facing the consequences. Pac's promos are always fun to watch, but I mean, it wasn't too much uh, to say about it. Uh, but then we got Cody's response to Shaq. They showed how Shaq called him a little punk, said he looked like uh, looked like a little girl, little girl with his bleach blonde hair, uh, and uh, Cody uh, just gave uh, a response to Shaq and Jade and. Uh, talked about the classic sell it promo and March 7th revolution is what they were going to do. He said it would have been uh, Shaq and Jade Cargill versus Brandy and Cody, but Brandy's pregnant. And uh, he deferred to Arn Anderson. Uh, he spoke to Tony Khan about it. Arn Anderson talked about it and said, uh, uh, one way of making you thinking a little differently, June 29th, 1985, that date was when, uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes got in with Tully Blanchard, fought for 30 minutes, jumped on a private plane, flied cross country, and got there in time to see the birth of Cody Rhodes. And yeah. then talked about um, if he, he decides to go down to face Shaq at Revolution, uh, you should do it with your eyes wide open and no regrets. Uh, it was interesting to see them go back and forth about it. And... Uh, then uh, he then brought out a possible partner in crime for her, him, and it was Red Velvet who got to cut her own like promo in the whole section, which was good. I felt like it was good. It was decent. I didn't have a ton to write home about it, but I think she did really well um, considering that, yeah, she's basically replacing Brandy in this whole storyline. Yeah, she's going to stare your bitch ass up. So they went and found microwave Brandy and just put her in there. I was gonna say, like it's replacement brandy. That's yeah, what it I is. mean, she yeah, she, she kind of looks like brandy, and you know, I you know, I have no problem with it. I'm just saying, if 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 you're you don't even gotta look closely to be like yeah, you're kind of replacement brandy, you know. So uh, yeah. yeah, no, which no, isn't a bad thing. It's it's not a bad thing. It's just okay. Jay Cargill. Apparently he's been wrestling like a maybe six months to a year. And I would have liked somebody more experienced to try to carry her. I'm not saying Brandy was the greatest wrestler ever, but I'm just saying you just need somebody there to carry it. So I, I've always said about this match, it could be a car wreck or it can be okay. I think mm -hmm. those are the only two options. I don't think I don't think it's gonna be a classic by any means. No, which I'm not. I don't. I think that's not even an option. It can be a car wreck, where you'll be watching it over and over and again to laugh at it, or it can be, or it'll just be like a match. You'd be like, "Yep, that was a match that happened in wrestling history," and then that's it. That's it. I'm hoping it's 
the ladder. I hope it's just a match. It's like just a celebrity match, you know. Uh, but hey, Shaq is a former NBA player. That dude's like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt or something like that. He's a f- cop. He's got all this stuff. This dude can bring it. When he does stuff, he's usually really good at it. So I don't mm-hmm. even know why I'm having such a doubt on him being good as a wrestler. But I st- I'm going to say it. I still have my doubts. <laughs> sure. Um, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. And I don't know what exactly we're going to get. Like I said, it's either going to be uh, good or awful. But we'll see which side it goes down. We then got, speaking of microwaved wrestlers, we got Hangman Adam Page versus microwave Dolph Ziggler in Ryan Nemeth. Yes. Uh, to, the point where, to the point where Dolph Ziggler even tweeted about it. Uh, it was literally microwave Dolph Ziggler. I mean, it's his uh, brother. So there you go. Yeah, which is what I'm saying. It's yeah. his brother. It's microwave Dolph Ziggler, which is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but Hangman got a good win on that just real quickly. And then Big Money Matt comes out and he comes up and uh, saying like just watching Hangman and very much like scouting him. It seems like he he applauds Matt uh, Hangman when he walks to the ring after Hangman gets the win. He said, uh, didn't want to create a scene. Uh, I want to be in your corner and uh, let you know I support you. I've been watching you, and I'm concerned because you seem lost. You seem conflicted. And I was with you at the stadium stampede, and I knew how much uh, I knew how much uh, you had for the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, and you got burnt by them, and you didn't deserve it. And Dark Order continuing to ask you to join. It's awkward. He said, uh, I want you to know you're a good person. You deserve to be happy. Um, and I wanted to make sure you heard that. So automatically now, Hangman's had like th- like two, pe- two people already try to get him to join a faction or join a partnership. Like Hangman's just a hot commodity at this point. And uh, understandably so. But goddamn, does he just want to be by himself and it's just not working out for him. No, he is. It is not working out for him. He is that person that's like, uh, he's got kind of the girl that everyone's hitting on that just wants to be left alone. I mean, she's only at the bar because, you know, alcohol's at the bar. (laughs) So she, everybody keeps hitting on her and then just like, oh, no, I'm not not here for that, you know, and that's hangman right now. He doesn't want to be in a relationship. He's just having a good time drinking and clotheslining people. You know, the uh, the occasional team up, you know, when he's kind of forced to. I, I dig it. I dig Hangman. I understand his character. I understand where he's coming from. Yeah. Now, to what I say was probably match of the night. Dax Harwood of FTR, who are the number one ranked tag team in AEW, facing off against Jungle Boy, who is part of Jurassic Express, the number two ranked tag team in AEW in singles competition, and to make sure nobody gets involved, uh, uh, Cash Wheeler and Tully Blanchard are being chained to a dinosaur. Luchasaurus uh, and all those two guys are going to be handcuffed together at ringside. They cannot get involved, and Luchasaurus is specifically making sure that uh, no one gets involved. And in a sense, sort of Tully and uh, Cash are making sure that he doesn't get involved too, because this there was a couple times where they're like, hey, you sit down when Jungle Boy was getting beat up. This was um, unbelievably good. Like this was such great, classic, old school babyface, old school heel singles wrestling with a nice little added bonus of just nobody can get interfere. They're handcuffed. They can't go anywhere. It's just two guys in the middle of the ring working to see who's the better man. And my God, does I'm telling you, like like. Like like Floyd said earlier in the show, if anyone was gonna put stock into a younger wrestler and then like ride it to the moon, it would be Jungle Boy. Hundred percent agree with that idea, um, just by itself because Jungle Boy had a hell of a performance. Dax did great too. Like I like people people said they. I know Jim Ross mentioned he saw Arn Anderson a little bit in him. Like I with the, with the knee brace, I kind of was getting a little bit of heel Stone Cold vibes with it. Um, and my god dude like these guys just put on a classic old school like just goody twos baby goody twos uh baby face facing off against just an asshole heel and it just worked really really well 
Um, the finish where they just had Jungle Boy put him in the uh, in his fin- in his finisher in his submission hold, and you just see Cash and Tully just reaching for for Jungle Boy, but that dinosaur J- Luchasaurus just continues to hold on with all the strength they have. Um, was so great as Jungle Boy got the huge singles victory, but then right when they got right when they got uncuffed from the from the dinosaur, when they got uncuffed from Luchasaurus, powder in the face from Tully to Luchasaurus, and then they just jumped Jungle Boy until Marco Stunt ran down with a golden chair and nearly threw it on Cash's ankle. It looked like it was either Cash, like nearly threw it on his ankle. It looked like. And Top Flight and SEU also came to help out Jungle Boy, and they skirt and scared him off. But this was my match of the night by far. They These guys did so well. This was the match of the night, but let me give you a few reasons this match didn't count. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, FTR is the number one contenders in what division, sir? Tag team. Tag team division. That means he's part of a tag team. This was his first singles match in three years. So Jungle Boy took, I mean, you know, Dax got a little ahead of himself, a little cocky, and Jungle Boy challenged him. I get that Jungle Boy got the win, but it doesn't shouldn't it doesn't count. It was it was a singles match. This dude doesn't singles wrestle. Singles. Doesn't affect the tag team record. Yeah, it doesn't affect the tag team wrestle. This was, in essence, an exhibition that the world got to see of how great Dax is. So maybe people will actually remember his name instead of calling him FTR Bald, which I hear quite often, <laughs> versus FTR Hair. So maybe people, after this match, they'll be like, Man, that Dax guy can wrestle. And if that's all I get out of this, I feel like I've won. Because God is one of my pet peeves. The disrespect of calling them hair and bald. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of rough. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, they've been around long enough. They've been on the front of a pay-per-view. Uh, pay-per-view, you know, they've been on the posters. Can we, can, number one, number one tag team in PWI. Yeah, can, can can you remember the names? Come on, brother. You don't call. Yeah. You don't call. Uh, you don't call Don, uh, uh, John Moxley. Uh, well, that's the Shield guy. It's the Balding Shield. You don't call him that, do you? Matt Matt, <laughs> Matt Hardy, non tattooed Hardy. Black, hey, black haired Hardy. That's dark haired Hardy. Yeah, black haired yeah. Hardy. No yeah. face paint Hardy. Yeah, it's like no. No, they were all no. He deserves his name, but this match was like I called my, I texted my brother and said, "Hey, they just had like a 1988 WCW heel versus face match, and it was great." And I mean, of course, I know they do updated moves, but it was just such a traditional heel. He one worked heel, one worked face. No one could interfere, and of course, if that's the case, you know, you get that win, you know. Dax, like, he proved what he had to do. So when Jungle Boy put him in his move, even though he wasn't in pain or whatever, he just went ahead and tapped out because he was tired and he had proved his point. Yeah. I mean, it's just what <laughs> FTR does. They don't, they don't, they they just put on a great exhibition for you. And he's like, who won the match? And I'm like, winners, pinfalls. That doesn't matter. Who won? The fans won. The fans won this match. Because they got to see Dax do what he does better than a lot of other people in the world. Yeah. I want to say, too, because after this, we had Team Taz just do a quick attack of the uh, staff by the uh, merch stand or whatever. Uh, and then was just go- said one Taz said one quick thing about uh, Taz, I mean, of uh, staying in Darby Allen for the street fight. But I want to just say, because uh, I'm on AEW's uh, official website for their uh, recap of the show. It just says, Team Taz went outside the arena and attacked the staff at the AEW merch stand. In parentheses, head to shop AEW.com for all your merch needs. That's funny. It's just like, oh, they attacked the merch stand. And also, uh, buy AEW merch. Uh, I just thought that was really funny. They are a t-shirt company. What do you expect? I mean, yeah, obviously, what should I expect? (laughs) But... Moving on to the next match was uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Shanna. Both of these uh, – well, Shanna was on a five-match five, five match winning streak going into this. And um, 
I um like I first of all uh, I I uh, I it's like I want to like Shanna, but I, it's like it's one of those things where it's like I feel like I need to see more in order to have like a full idea of like whether or not I like Shanna uh, and like how she works. Um, the match didn't seem to go too long because um, eventually the match ended up getting a finish when uh, Shanna was going to go for uh, the Tiger Driver. It got countered into the lockjaw. Shanna tapped out, and then she did it again until Thunder Rosa came out and helped him helped her building to the fact that Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker facing each other at Beach Break. Um, like I said, this match was really there to get a little bit of build towards uh, uh, Britt and uh, Thunder Rosa. But with Shanna, I, it's like, I feel like I just need to see more of her. Now, I, I, I try to keep up with Dark as much as I can, um, but I feel like I still haven't seen enough of her to uh like i said i haven't i I don't make every dark i I sometimes miss a couple but it's like i need to see more of her stuff in order to get a full idea of her at least that's just me uh i completely understand where you're coming from uh i mean they've tried to get her finisher over but it's kind of basic and not really exciting the whole tiger driver thing i just I, I think like she's missing something. She has the whole cosplay chick, uh, you know, Dragon Ball Z cosplay girl kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has that going for her enough to keep the fans interested, and it gives it's enough to give most fans a look. But I don't think she has anything in her arsenal that makes you say, "Man, you need to watch out for Shanna." I mean, I know people's like, it's all about the attitude. But sometimes, if you don't have maybe the right charisma, if you got a good move, people are like, but dude, I really love her move. And she didn't I really mean, have I, anything. Dude, you want you want you you a perfect example of that? Fucking Ember Moon. Yeah. Like, Ember Moon, like, I, I, I like Ember Moon a lot. But, like, when she was on the main roster and even a little bit on NXT, like, there wasn't a ton to her character. She just had... That really cool, that really cool finisher where she dove off the top rope into a stunner, yeah, and like, like that was the that was her whole thing that got people to look at her was the fact that she had a fucking good ass finisher. Yeah, and I uh, was gonna say, actually, I one of those people I don't like Ember Moon. I've never, and it's not that I don't like her. I feel nothing towards her, and to me, in wrestling, that's worse. You know, it's like I. I and I'm like, she has a really cool finisher, and that's what I could say. Because even when she came out, and I was like, I don't like her music. What is she? What is her motivation? Why does she? Yeah, like, I, I'm one of those weird people that ask those kind of stupid questions. And I was asking those questions, and I never really got an answer. But, dude, the end of the match, when she was about to uh, hit that finisher, Floyd shut up and stared. Because, man, yeah. that move was awesome. So yeah, I don't know what Shana's missing. I, Shanna's missing. I, I just threw out the first thing I could think of is because I'm like watching her offense and it was kind of vanilla. It was like, and like vanilla yogurt with no sugar added. You know, it's just bland. Bland. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, <laughs> that, that that can happen. But I mean, like I said, I'm hope I'm hoping she can find uh like whatever she needs to just to everything to click. Because, like I said, the look is there. I think it's just, like, the charisma, some good moves that, like, get people looking um, could be all that she probably needs. And then it'll just be, like, huge. But quick little backstage segment of Sammy Guevara and MJF butting heads again. And then, finally, the main event, six-man tag match. Well, no, eight-man tag match, my apologies, between the Young Bucks, Nick Mac Jackson, the Impact Tag Team Champions, the Good Brothers, Anderson and Gallows. Versus Evil Two Grayson, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order. Um, and I'm first off, Don Callis walking out with his busted up eye, and then Kenny Omega being like, "What the fuck, guys?" Uh, was so was so funny to me. Um, I'm still interested just to see exactly what is decided for um, the Dark Order post Brody, just because I know. Like the fans still seem to be behind the Dark Order um, and whatnot, and they love John Silver. That's give it no doubt on that. But it, I mean, like it's weird. They're in a point where it's like we don't know necessarily what they are in terms of heels and baby faces. I'm wondering if we're gonna get to the point where they finally just like either go all one way or go all the other way 
um, or if they just returned to back to what they were doing while Brody was gone. Um, but either way, they still work really freaking good together. Uh, Gallows and Anderson still crazy talented. And I mean, you got bullet club pretty much right there with, um, that little reunion between them. Um, but, uh, Floyd, I want, cause there was a ton in this, uh, finish and I don't want to miss any of it. Floyd, do you want to go ahead and uh, tell us what happened in the end of this match and what happened afterwards? Okay, so they did have the dead or fatality combo or whatever uh, that the Dark Order did. I just thought this was cool. Uh, Alex Reynolds hits a power or hit a uh, stunner and in, right into a German from uh, or John Silver. It, they then out the German and they flipped it up. To where they're on Evil Uno's back, and then Stu Grayson hits the fatality. The fatality. I thought that was like a combo that no one should ever kick out of. Yeah, I was gonna say because like the way that they moved all together with that, like I feel like it was just so crazy that for somebody to kick out of it, it would be like, what the fuck? So they did have the save instead of the kick out. I just, I, I, I just like, I rewound it and played it like a few times because, of course, it was close to the end of the show. And I just was like, dude, yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, then we got the, I think the finisher was, they, they finally got everybody from the Dark Order out. And it was just one person in. Don't remember who it is. I think Alex Reynolds. And then they like all booted him in the head at the same time. It was like. Yeah. Super kick. Yeah, it was, it was it was Grayson actually. Yeah, it was Grayson, and they all just kicked him in the head. So, yeah, four people kick you in the head at the same time. I think you'll be out for three seconds at least, right? I don't know. I would think so. Yeah, no, but I mean, if it's a super kick party. Yeah, but the big the big thing is afterwards. The young buck said, you know, this tur- uh, this battle royals for the number one contender. But if we get in, we're gonna get in. They're gonna put us in. And if we win, we get to name our contender, and it could be anybody. And they stared right at the good brother's face. So, you know, if the Young Bucks win, we may be getting the Young Bucks versus the good brothers live on pay-per-view. And then Phoenix shows up and then the just decides that, okay, I'm going to go ahead and kill the Young Bucks. Yeah, so... He then does a flip. I mean, uh, he jumps through the ropes. He goes too hard and then lands on the guardrail. And then he just sits there and starts waving. It was so smooth how he pulled it off. If you I don't didn't, know how he does that. If you didn't know wrestling, you would swear he did it on purpose. But, you know, <laughs> we all know wrestling. And he wasn't, you know, that, didn't, that wasn't pleasant. But he did it so smoothly. It was like, oh, he just... Landed on that guy, flipped over, and just landed on his ass and waved at everybody. Yep, that's what he just did. Like, I, I have a hard time explaining it, and I think that's the greatest thing about Ray Phoenix, the reason I love talking about him. That dude does stuff that I have a hard time describing to other people. I just like, dude, go on your TNT app, press play, because <laughs> I can't tell you what he just did. He just did something dope. Yeah. Yeah, Ray Ray Phoenix then was gonna be get hit with the magic killer uh, by the Good Brothers. He got out of it. Moxley comes in and clotheslines Gallows to the outside. Phoenix then jumps uh, uh, jumps on the uh, Good Brothers, like you said. Then Kenny Omega comes down. He starts beating up Moxley. Moxley hits a paradigm shift, and that's how they close out Dynamite with just absolute like it's 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 typical uh, end of wrestling show, just straight up chaos. And just, yeah, but from beginning to end. You were either getting excitement and wrestling, or you were getting good promos. Like the whole, oh yeah, two hours, and I just thought that was, I th- I just thought that was great. It was just like promo wrestling. It was like boom, this event, this is happening at this event, this is happening at this event. When are they happening? Oh, next week and next month. Come on, it was just, it was crazy. It was just so much information. I just think, yeah, I, this was the dynamite that I'm used to. This is a dynamite that I'm used to. I know it was a go-home show to beach bash, but it felt like just a really good show. Yeah, I know. It's like we didn't have – like we were able to stay like 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 we normally try to, like unbelievably positive with dynamite. And like I said, we don't have like a ton of stuff to to dig at just because like there's not really much that we can really pick at without like really being nitpicky. Yeah, I, I, I'm the last person. That like like when I did that 
somewhat negative show. People are like, you okay? And I'm just like, because I'm, I'm a very positive person. It's just, I, mean, I, need, I need something. I need a spark. And then, of course, I got to say I was extra down because my boy wasn't getting quality TV time. Yeah. At which he's in the the feud. Is it the feud I would pick? No. But it's a feud. And he's on Revolution, man. You know, they only do five or six matches. Yeah, let's do it. But now, with that being AEW Dynamite, which honestly, like we said, bit of a return to form for for Dynamite. Really strong show. Um, We can get into the preview for Beach Break, which will be next week, of course, have uh, after a very long wait, uh, the wedding between Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian, the triple ta- the six man tag match between John Moxley, Pac, and Phoenix versus Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, the Real Elite. Uh, we had the tag team battle royal, which will determine the number one contenders for the tag team titles at Revolution. Should be crazy fun. Like there's too many options. I feel like, but I think with the idea of the Young Bucks. Uh, 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 having uh, opponents, I think like any, I feel like there's really very few options that could be bad for this whole thing. And then we get Lance Archer and Eddie Kingston facing off in a lumberjack match. And I mean, we saw them beat each other up this week, and they're still continuing this super physical feud. And I can only imagine what Eddie Kingston does with a shit ton of what Eddie Kingston or Lance Archer does with a shit ton of people on the outside. So should be a lot of fun with that match. Yeah. Anything real specifically you want to talk about with uh, beach break. Archer is going to throw a person at Kingston. Like if, 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 (laughs) if uh, if Marco's out there, uh, Marco's going flying. So someone's getting thrown at Kingston because it's not a Lance Archer match unless he beats up innocent bystanders everybody dies that's how it goes mox mox Pac, and phoenix literally like you press random on some wrestler select (laughs) but what you do is what you do is you literally take three of the best wrestlers on the roster yeah and it's like okay against the good brothers and omega i mean honestly i have no i have no problem with gallows but Five of these six people, I would watch wrestle like anywhere, uh, including Seriously. Machine Gun. That dude is so smooth and so good at what he does. This is going to be a hell of a match. I like. I don't do six mans of the year, but if I did one, I think this could end up being an early qualifier for six man of the year. Uh, maybe Dynamite match of the year. I don't know. But I just think it's gonna kick ass because you just got six people that know uh, that know how to work and know how to entertain. It's just gonna be fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm I, I'm with you too. Not a massive multi man fan, but like when you have this level of talent in your multi man match, you can't go wrong. It's like how I say, like if the Young Bucks are in your multi man match, you're guaranteed a couple few, like crazy good spots. And so I'll, it's going to be great. And I want to let everyone know this is how you do a wedding episode. Okay, okay. Wrestling weddings, not really my thing personally. Like when they first started Attitude Era, they were really cool. Then it just felt like, okay, if they having a wedding, it's going to get messed up. Blah. That was boring, right? Because you knew yeah. what was going to happen. And it's like, but look at the dopeness that is surrounding this wedding. And I forgot a match, and I apologize. It was going to be the first match I put on. Then I was like, oh, I should leave with Kevin Penelope. Then I forgot to put the match on here. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Yeah, of course. Yeah, the uh, the match between them we, uh, yeah. we talked about earlier in the show. Yeah, we did We did, We did. did mention that. Yeah, but definitely uh, apologize yeah, on that. part of the preview. It's like, look at that. That's like four awesome matches that you're looking forward to. So even if you don't like the wedding, you're just going to be sitting through however many minutes, 15 minutes that that takes. Generally, it gets 15 minutes. It's that kind of stuff. Even if you don't want to watch that, look at all the great wrestling you have around it. That's going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. That's how you do it. That way, for the person that the wedding part is like, oh, they're doing a wedding. I'm not going to watch the show. Then he's like, well, what else is going on? Well, I can't miss the whole damn. Damn it. <laughs> 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 uh, 
So yeah, you put a lot around your gimmicks. So in case your gimmick sucks, you still get dope wrestling. That's all you need. Yeah. But but yeah, that'll do it, I think, for this episode of All Things Elite. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Remember, if you enjoy the show, be sure to share it with your friends. If you listen on Spotify or if you listen on Google or Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a like, download and re- leave a rating and review. Let us know how we're doing. Again, if you want to donate to us, Red Circle is how you're going to do it. On social media, we are at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex, those are the guys that make this show possible. Give them all the support. Check out all the other shows on Social Suplex's podcasting network. You're not going to be disappointed. I am at SZumer4 on Twitter. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And uh, as I, a Detroit boy and a Lions fan, uh, ponder this rebuild as we just traded Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff and a fluey of first round and a third round pick. And I know that the team is in full rebuild mode. Uh, I will have Floyd, who his team is going to be in the Super Bowl for back-to-back years and could win back-to-back years. Take us home uh, for this show. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Floyd, go ahead. Austin keeps using these weird, uh, weird words like should and if and could. <laughs> uh, when the Chiefs win, when it happens because Mahomes is inevitable. You know, you can try to tear his kneecap. He comes back and wins. You can, uh, you can try to can just ram his head into the ground. He comes back and wins. It's what he does. So thank you. I wasn't trying to gonna cut a promo on the Kansas City Chiefs. There, it's just you know, you you mentioned the Chiefs. I'm a little, I'm a little uh, angsty right now. I'm a little ready, a little ready to pounce. Because it's a week uh, week away by the time you listen to this, but I that's what my point was. It by the time this show drops on Sunday, January thirty first, that means thirty days of two thousand twenty one are gone. What that means is the year can't possibly suck yet, because you have like three hundred. And 35 days to fix whatever is wrong. If it can be fixed. I'm talking about if you didn't start a year making the decisions you want to as far as your weight, smoking, blah, blah, blah. You got 330 more days to fix it, turn it around. Our our, our boy Austin's working out and he's getting back on his good foot. And me and my wife start start keto in February. These are things like I said, you got 330 days to make the year better, to make better decisions, to do what you have to do. So that's what I leave you with. And I will say when it comes to your New Year's resolutions or promises or plans to get life better, always do your best to be elite.